Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to a day of prayer. We are continuing with our morning Bible study. Okay, let's open up in prayer. God, we thank you for this day. We just appreciate you and we praise you for being our provider, our Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who is more than enough for us. And we thank you that you're a good God and you've done good things for us and you continue to do good things because that is your heart's desire and it's your will for us. We bless you this day, and we thank you for opening the, the eyes of our understanding, Lord God, that we may see you and hear you clear for, clearly and hear from you clearly, Lord God, concerning the matters that pertain to our life and your principles that you have laid out for us in your word. We thank you for helping us to walk in communion and fellowship with you and also in fellowship with one another. Let there be peace among us and peace in your people's hearts and their minds, Lord God. We thank you for keeping them safe and all the places that they are in. Keep them safe, Lord God, from all hurt, harm, and danger. And let it be easy for them to follow after you. We thank you for all things, Lord, and we are just so grateful for you. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, well, we're going to pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 8. Who would like to volunteer to read the first five verses? I love All right, Kyla. <laughs> now it came to pass when Samuel was old and he made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba, but his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you are old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Mm -hmm. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, Give us a king to judge us. Where am I supposed to stop again? No, well, five, but we can stop at six. That's okay. Let's finish up the verse, though. Yes. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I guess the, we'll start with the first question. Is... Why does how we act say a lot about us, but also our relationship with the Lord? Well, because according to the scriptures, it says, "Add the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so based on the things that you say, it gives insight to who you are on the inside. If you're constantly lying and cheating and stealing, that's who you are on the inside because you don't act separate from your actual heart and your man. It's one together because it's spirit, soul, and body. They all work together to accomplish one goal. So you can't separate it to have spirit and body and just soul or spirit and just soul and body. They all have to work together. So if you're constantly walking in the Lord's ways and being loving and kind, that's who you are on the inside. Mm -hmm. okay. shows up in a daily life.
How does it apply to, to what we just read? Like there, we're talking about Samuel's sons. Mm-hmm. But we're also talking about you. Exactly. Or in general, yeah. anybody. What was your question again? Why does how we act, and treat each other, but you know, our, our actions, Bless you. how Bless does that reflect or not uh, the relationship that we have with the Lord? Either way, it reflects it. Either we have one or we don't. So, why is that? And how does that? But then, how does it apply today? How does it apply in the situation that we were just reading? But how does it apply to our daily life? Like what Lil was saying, it also shows if you're constantly doing that, you can tell that you don't truly have a relationship with the Lord. Because if you did, you'd be constantly doing things to please Him not going by your own way or your own methods of doing something. And you can see that they took dishonest gains and bribes and they prevent perverted justice, meaning they no longer had reverence for the Lord. They decided to go do what they wanted. It was not about the Lord. It was about themselves. That's why they took <coughs> Excuse me. I'm so sorry. Well, how were they raised, though? To fall out to the Lord. How do you know that? Because, because that's Samuel, Samuel did. Mm. So Samuel, in, in this case, Samuel is going to teach his sons about the Lord, a true relationship, and how he must be served, right? In spirit yes. and truth, and reverence, right? Yes. And clearly at some point... They followed him, like his father had said, they turned aside. Right. You can't do that if you were never following in the first place. It's a choice. It comes to a choice. But also, there's this. In Deuteronomy 16, at the end, it talks about uh, justice, right? And specifically to judges, which Samuel gave his sons that position, right? Uh, It's in Deuteronomy 16, verses 18 through 22. That's where the Lord gave commands for judges, right? He says, You shall appoint judges and officers in all your gates, which the Lord your God gives you according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with just judgment. You shall not pervert justice. You shall not show partiality, nor take a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and twists the words of the righteous. You shall follow what is altogether just, that you may live and inherit the land which the Lord your God has given you. You shall not plant for yourself any tree as a wooden image near the altar which you build for yourselves, O Lord your God. You shall not set up a sacred pillar which the Lord your God hates. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it. I mean, it continues from there. But the judges were supposed to be exemplary in performance, mm-hmm. and performance. Uh, I don't just mean in actions or religious traditions but in their life, the conduct of their in the entirety of their life. We're supposed to be an example for the people. Mm-hmm. What it says right here is not only did they not follow <clears throat> what their father had said, but they went contrary to everything and did the exact things that the Lord had, had declared and, and commanded and warned them not to do. Mm-hmm. So even beyond not listening to their father... They weren't listening to the Lord. Now, it also comes 
immediately after they just came back to the Lord. Now, of course, there's a span of time here sure. that isn't really described. But uh, it's about remaining. Right? This whole thing is about remaining in the Lord, in his ways. Right? I, I mean, that's what Jesus commanded, right? I, that we should bear fruit, but that our fruit should remain. Well, Samuel's sons were his fruit. It's like you are ours, right? We have taught you, we've trained you, we've equipped you, we've poured into you. Now, it's the Lord that's really done all those things, but he's done them through us. But it comes down to, yes, like we were saying, it's a choice. It's a choice to remain. It's a choice to remain in the Lord. We're not responsible for your choice. You're not responsible for ours. We can only teach you and do what the Lord has commanded us to do in excellence. Mm -hmm. But Paul says the same thing in Galatians, right? Because if you look at this, the more people fell away, and that includes the leaders, right? The sons were appointed as judges. It impacted the people, so mm -hmm. much so that they said, no, we want a king. We want to be like everybody else. Mm -hmm. But when we get down to the core of things in our life, especially when we're, we're younger, what's the, the driving thing? We don't want to be different. We want to look like everybody else, right? We want to fit in. Although we're not supposed to, right? Paul says this in Galatians 6. starts in verse 7. Uh, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever man sows, he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose hearts. Therefore, as we have an opportunity, or as we have opportunity, excuse me, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So there's there are multiple things that were wrong with this picture and what we just read. And we were already discussing some of those. But it comes down to, where's your heart? Where's your treasure? Because where your treasure is, your heart is also. And it wasn't in the Lord. It was in looking at everybody else and what they were doing, all the other kingdoms, mm -hmm. and they wanted to be like them. Mm -hmm. Proverbs 4.23 says, Keep your heart with all diligence, mm -hmm. for out of it spring the issues of life. So if you let your heart um, drift off from the Lord, then, of course, your life is naturally going to drift off from him. If you, um, The Bible talks about your eye <coughs> being good or evil. And if you begin to look at things and long after things in the world, it won't be long before your actions are carried in that direction. Because like you said, Layla, we are one being. We're one person. We have three parts, but they all are intended to work together to carry out God's purpose. But if he is not at the center and the focus, the purpose that will be carried out will alter and be after other things and other, you know, gods or ways and things like that. You see that Plato here was about self and selfishness, not looking at, well, one, the Lord and then his people. Right? He says those are the two greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, body, soul, and strength. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. Mm -hmm. So you can see here our lack of love. 
both for the Lord and for the Lord's people. Up to the point where they said they wanted a king. They wanted a king, just like everyone else, a king mm-hmm. to judge them. But there you have Samuel here, and it says, Samuel prayed to the Lord. He inquired, he sought of the Lord on what he should. This is what the people are asking. But still, we have an, a, a duty, an obligation, if you will, to bring everything before our Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Samuel does that exact thing. He wasn't going to give an answer. Right? Not without first hearing from the Lord, saying only what the Father says to say, and doing what the Father says to do. So he's still here as a pattern, as an example. But the other thing that, that stood out to me is the people, the people who were there to be judged, if you will, by Samuel's sons. There, I'll say testimony of his sons, was that the sons didn't walk in Samuel's ways. They knew there was a difference. Mm-hmm. It was clear. It was evident. Now, these are people that you could argue were not following the Lord, not following him fully. How do we know? Because they didn't want the Lord to rule over them. They wanted a king, just like everybody else. Hmm. But they still knew the difference. So for, as it applies to our own life, if we are not truly living like Christ for him, being conformed to his image, why shouldn't you be surprised if people that don't profess to be believers or Christians point out all the flaws, point out all the different ways in which, well, I hear what you're saying, but that doesn't add up to what the Word says. We all know. We all have Holy Spirit which ministers, and and, and there is also some conviction of right and wrong, what is holy, what is profane. So we all know. Everyone has that within them. So we shouldn't be offended by that, but it should be a a wake-up call that there are some things that we need to get in line, bring back into alignment with our Heavenly Father. Anyone else? Anyone have any questions? No. Okay. Um, how about we read... Who, actually, yeah, who wants to continue reading? Through verse 18, please. And the Lord said to Samuel, Heed the voice of the people in all that you say in all that they say to you, for you for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. According to all the works which which they have done since the day that I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, with which they have forsaken me and served other gods. So they are doomed to you also. Now therefore heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. And he said, 
This will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for his, for his own chariots and to be his horsemen, and some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands and captains over his fifties. He will set some to plow his ground and reap his harvest, and some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers, and he will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and your vintage and give it to his officers and servants, and he will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest young men, and your donkeys, and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep, and you will be his servants. And you will cry out on that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves. And the Lord will not hear you in that day. Mm -hmm. Read to the end of the chapter. Oh, we can. We can read to the end of the chapter. Continue, sir. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, No, but we will have a king over us, that we, may also, that we also may be like the nations. And that our king may judge us, and go up before us, and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people, and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. So the Lord said to Samuel, Heed their voice, and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, Every man go to his city. Wow. Mm -hmm. There's a lot in there. Before we ask any questions, I guess I'll ask this one. What did what did this speak to you? That the Israelites were trying to put somebody else in the position of the Lord. Hmm. And you also, also because it said, "No, we will have a king." No, just um, what I'm saying. Just make it plain. You know, make it clear. Like, oh, articulate. Because they said, "Someone to fight our battles." Up until this point, it was the Lord that they looked to to fight their battles. But the fact that they said that about someone else, mm -hmm. also know there's a clear distinction. And if I remember correctly, also at this time, prior to this time, they still wanted a king. And then the Lord told them, no, you're not going to have a king, but you'll have judges. You won't, because they did request a king before. They requested it of that from the Lord multiple times. And every time the Lord told them, no, it's not good for you. I will give you judges to help you keep order, but you will not have a king. You want to say something, Bobby? Or Charles? Yes, like what you're saying, Kai, you also see that later they decided to be rebellious when the Lord, not the Lord, Sam goes and tells them this and saying that it's not good for them. They rebel against them and they're still stuck to their ways, not listening and heeding to the warning, I'd say, like that. They were just, they closed their ears off because they had said in their minds what they wanted. They were no longer listening to reason or what would be actually good for them. And even still, it was like they sold themselves into their own slavery from their own people because it never said, well, we all know that Saul was the first king, but he didn't follow the Lord part of the way. So now they're subjugating themselves to a person who may or may not be following the Lord like some of 
David's sons that reigned after him and some of the other um, kings in, that are recorded in the Chronicles, that it said some of them did not follow the Lord, and they turned the people's hearts after other gods. And so now they're becoming slaves to their own people because now he put a king in place and whatever the king says goes. And so if he said, if he decided to be like Pharaoh, guess what? Now you're going to be back in the same boat because you decided that you weren't going to let the Lord lead you, who was just and fair and merciful, and he wouldn't put you to work like that. Like Jesus said, take my yoke upon you for it's light. So now they're just trapping themselves for absolutely no reason at all. Okay. How about you, Promise? Good mm, saying, like, even though Saul, even though Saul, David, and his, the first two kings, even though they didn't really crack a whip on somebody's back, there was other people after him, like Solomon's son, that was going to crack, crack a whip on their back and go get to work. Mm -hmm. So, the Lord is showing that even though that they might, it might not have happened then, it was still going to happen because they didn't, the kings after them didn't follow the law of the whole heart. Mm -hmm. So, when God tells you something, you should believe him. When he, when he describes to you and goes, hey, no, son or daughter, you know, when you make a request, God, can I have this? Give me this right here. And he's like, no, no, son, no, daughter. That, that's not good for you. That, that's not going to produce what you think it is, and it's going to be bad for you. And we should go, oh, oh, yes, sir. Yes, Lord. Let me have your best instead of insisting upon our own way. Because the thing about God is that he's always truth. He always tells the truth. And he sees far longer down the line, further down the, the timeline than we could ever see. And he sees all perspectives and angles. Whereas we're limited to what our emotions dictate. Especially when you're not listening to the Holy Spirit. Who are you listening to? The enemy is hard at, at play in your flesh. Right? And emotions... Yes feel like they're telling you the truth. They seem like they're going the right way and they're doing the right things. But oftentimes when you're looking in that kind of language, I feel like, it seems like I the think. truth, exactly, the truth <laughs> is far from it. Versus the Holy Spirit said, God said, it's written, right? Or the Bible says, those are two opposite sides of the spectrum. God is always going to tell us the truth. And even if we don't see it today, it's coming. Because he's not a man that he should lie. And why does he? Why would he want to misguide us? But the enemy has every reason to misguide us. Likewise, the flesh. When Adam and Eve were in the garden, the fruit seemed good to her. <laughs> because she was looking at it from a natural perspective. God had already said, in the day that you do, you're going to surely die. The day that you eat of it, you're going to surely die. Because he was telling the truth. And he was talking about everything that could possibly be encompassed in his word because he's thorough. And he's an entire and a complete God. But Eve took her own fleshly perspective, which is so limited. As a human, all you can see 
especially when you're in disobedience, is what your emotions tell you. What, what image you desire and the enemy has, the smoke screen he's put up to sway your actions. But she was drawn away by what? Her own, Her own lust. Each man, when he is tempted, is drawn away by his own lust. So you can't even accuse the devil. You just happen to be hanging in the tree going, hey, hey, look at it. She was already longing for it. There's personal accountability. So she thought, mm. she looked it over, she sniffed it, you know, whatever she did, she handled it. I think it'll be, I think it'll be all right. And Satan was like, hey, baby, I got you. Lord, I reckon, he didn't really tell you the truth. He just finished up what she was already starting on. And was God telling the truth? Yes. Always. And so each of you kind of echoed that, yeah, they don't see it right at this moment, but down the line, there's king after king that's wicked. And actually, they spent more time with unjust kings than they did with the ones that were actually living for the Lord. And doing what God said. I mean, like just thinking about it in my mind, how many of the kings actually were, served the Lord? The, yeah, the account concerning few, them. Very few. And even then, there was there was aspects. If you look at the Chronicles, right? There's simply three types. There are those that it says were wicked mm -hmm. and did evil in the sight of the Lord. Then there are there's the uh, the other type, which is actually broken into two categories. There are, like I said, there's those that, that the Lord said. They were evil. They did evil in the sight of the Lord. And then there were those that followed the Lord. But even with that, the ones that followed the Lord, there are the ones that followed him fully. Mm -hmm. And the ones that still left things, whatever it was, Asherah poles or whatever, mm -hmm. for the people to stumble. Mm -hmm. So they didn't fully bring the people or provide opportunity to bring the people back. The people that the Lord had assigned to their care. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. But I do like what you guys had to say. It was, uh, it's true. Um, what you were getting at is, is the Lord wants us to have his best. Mm -hmm. He always provides his best first, not last, but first. Mm -hmm. And the point that you guys each brought up in your own way was everything that they were asking for or said that this king would provide was already provided in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Here's the other thing that was brought up our conversation the Lord already warns us he tells us ahead of time he's not surprised by what we're doing so we were when we're talking about the judges we were just in Deuteronomy 16 right here's how you should set it up here's how you should appoint a judge but here's how the judges should act so now let's go to chapter 17 Deuteronomy 17 and we'll start in verse 14 And it goes through the end of the chapter, but we'll read that real quick, right? Yes. Do we have a volunteer to read it, or you just want me to read it? No, read it. All right, sir. Do you speak up, though, okay? We're starting. Verse 14. 14, through the end of the, the chapter. Ready? Yes. All right. When you come to the land which the Lord your God has given you, and possess and dwell in it, and say, I will set a king over me like all the nations that are around me, you shall surely set a king over you, whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among your brethren, brethren 
you shall set as a king over you. You shall not set a foreigner over you, who is not your brother. But he shall not multiply horses for him, nor cause the people to turn, return to Egypt to multiply horses. For the Lord has said to you, you shall not return that way again. Neither shall he multiply wives for himself, lest his heart turn away. Hmm. Nor shall he greatly multiply horses, certain silver and gold for himself. Also, it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from the one before the priests and the Levites. And it shall be with him that he shall read it all the days of his life, that he may learn to fear the Lord is going to be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes, that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren, that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right or to the left, and that he may prolong his days as king and his children in the midst of Israel. Mm-hmm. So, the Lord's not, not caught off guard. He's not surprised by the choices that we make. This is in Deuteronomy. This was many years before they came to this place of wanting to choose a king and look like everybody else. Mm -hmm. So the Lord had already given instruction. He'd warned them, but he'd also given instruction to the people, but also to the king of how how they should walk, how they should act, which is to fear the Lord, revere the Lord. To learn of him, to learn of his ways, his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And not to build himself up over the people. But you see here in First in Samuel, even though he'd given all those instructions, which let's, let's also, I'll say compare, but that's not really the right word. He'd given the instructions to the judges as well. Mm-hmm. But we have here in the same chapter, the example, yep, they, the judges received instructions on how they should act, carry themselves, conduct themselves. And it's the same. In the fear and admonition of the Lord. Being conformed to his image. But they did not. Which is why when he's talking about the king, he's saying, this is what they're going to do. They're going to take from you. Now, like we would already discussed, yes, the Lord requires our best. Absolutely. He's our God. We're his people. Everything that they were asking for was already mm-hmm. provided in the Lord. But the Lord, here's the difference, the Lord didn't force the people to give their best or not. But he says a king is going to. And if you refuse, he's going to take. Mm-hmm. The Lord doesn't. He leaves it up to us. We have a choice. We have free will to follow his, his commands, his statutes his precepts or not now yeah there's there are consequences for not absolutely but even the consequences the whole point is to bring us back into alignment with him with his ways not just to take or snatch from us the Lord gets nothing out of that you know, nor does he really have need of it mm-hmm. he doesn't the Lord desires your heart, and that is a heart towards him. But the king is flesh. Yes, he is spirit, soul, and body. 
but like we just had demonstrated in the judges, and that's what they used as the baseline for requesting a king. They didn't walk in the Lord's ways. What do you think was going to happen with the king? And even after the warning, clearly the people had hard hearts because it says, nevertheless, they refused, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, which was Samuel doing. He was speaking what the Lord told him to say. Tell the people this. But, all right, but there's the other aspect of, the Lord started with that in verse 7. The Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people. In other words, give them what they want. The Lord wants us to have his best. Mm -hmm. And we did a teaching about this uh, in understanding the will of the Lord. It's on our, our website, on the Listen tab. Um, however, he doesn't force us to have his best. We have to choose it. Mm -hmm. And if we are okay with not having the Lord's best, then he's okay with that. It's something that you have to want, that you have to desire for yourself. But then Samuel, who clearly, you can see that there's some struggle here because the Lord has to tell him twice, give the people what they want. He has to be okay and accept that someone else's choice isn't to have the Lord's best. Samuel clearly wanted it for himself, which is why he wouldn't give an answer to the people immediately. He went to go inquire of the Lord. He prayed to the Lord. He inquired of him. He asked him for his thoughts, his ways. He let, he let the thing pass by before the Lord to get what the Lord had to say on the situation. <clears throat> but ultimately, he has to accept or tells him to accept the people's decision for themselves. It wasn't for all of us. No, we don't want anyone, the Lord doesn't want anyone to go to hell. But if they choose to go to hell, if they make that choice, have to be okay with it. Mm -hmm. That's what they want for themselves. No, we don't want that for anybody. We want the Lord's best for everybody. Mm -hmm. But you have to want His I can't want His best for you more than you want for yourself. Questions or comments or but also like and we see with Samuel, right? He brings it before the Lord. He hears from the people, he brings it before the Lord, and you see that again in verse twenty one. Right? Samuel heard all the words of the people. And he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. In other words, he again prayed. He again inquired of the Lord. This is what's being said, Lord. Right? But, and the Lord again, like I said, had to instruct him, had to tell him a second time. Heed their voice. Give them what they ask for. So, let us not be those people that refuse to hear the unctioning of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Who refuse to allow him to be the Lord of our life. Of every aspect of our life. Absolutely. Your own personal, individual 
nation or kingdom is on the inside of you, right? And is concerning you, your thoughts, your children coming after you, your finances, you know, the life that God has placed before you to walk and to live. Each one is unique and individual. Yes, we're walking a journey together as a family, but you all have your individual path that God has created and ordained for you. And then your children after you and your children's children's children, you know, carry it on until the Holy Spirit to the Lord comes back, right? To the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit transforms us out of this this form that we're in at this at this time and we go into the heavenly kingdom. But don't be persistent on having your own way. Go ahead and set your your internal parameters to I will have God's best. I will not resist him or refuse him. You know that it hurts my feelings. And it bothers me, the perspective that they have in verse 19. You know, God has laid out for them all of these things of why it's not good. And, you know, was quite elaborate in his explanation of why it's not good. But their answer was no, but we will have a king over us. So it's kind of like, we don't care what you say. We don't care what you think about it, God. We don't care what you do. We don't care what you said. We don't care anything about that. This is what we want. Give it to us and give it to us now. I don't like that. And it hurts my feelings (laughs) to hear believers have that kind of attitude. People that have named the name of Christ, but they won't let him be. Lord over their life. The Lord, the master, the commander in chief, the captain, however you can articulate that, that it resonates with your inward being and your inner man. That God is supposed to dictate and lay out for you the journey that you take. And if it means that you're different and you stand out and you don't look like anybody else, but he says, I'm pleased with you, go after it. Trust him because it's going to be good. Kyla, I know you can look at your own life and go, okay, God, I see that. I understand that. And I know each one of you has examples and are continuing to have more and more examples of when God said, no, go do it this way. It doesn't matter. Just trust me. And he manifests exactly what he's talking about. And it's good. And we've also had cases where I know that I have personally insisted upon oh, going my own right, on my own way. Like we talked about that little fl- the path that seems good. And it looks like, oh, the flowers and the ray of sunshine. But as soon as you get over that hedge, you know, it's pendulum swinging with the little um, fire and death traps. And <laughs> right. And kicks and, yeah. You're running like Indiana Jones with a big rock trying to crush you. And the way God says, yeah, it seems a little unorthodox. Sleep, maybe even inconvenient. But as soon as you get in there, you're like, thank you, God. Woo, I'm so glad I listened to you. I'm so glad I went this way. You sure do know. But it's our job to follow after him and make our heart's desire and our commitment to have God's best, not his permissive will. His permissive will, that's a dangerous place to be because it means, okay, I'm letting you have what you want. Okay, I told you. I'm like, I, I warned you, this is, this is where these people are. Okay. You know, it's kind of like God going, all right. Well, we should also take note of Samuel as a pattern example, because even in the midst of a people that were corrupt in doing what they thought was right in the sight of their own eyes, he refused to give in to that. He refused to let his environment change, I'll say him, but his relationship with the Lord. 
He didn't just, just cave in and say, well, everyone's doing this, so it makes it okay. He said, no, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to uh, sacrifice or compromise my own values, which come from the Lord. Everything comes from the Lord. But he wasn't going to compromise any of that, his relationship with the Lord, where clearly others were. Seemed the whole, it seems like the whole nation of Israel at this point was, was okay with compromising, with not having a relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. He wasn't going to be changed or swayed or anything. He was steadfast, was faithful. Mm-hmm. It's a, an example for all of us. So, yes, we've all had those experiences where we've trusted the Lord, followed in His ways, and with what He tells us to do, and we've seen the results of that. Mm-hmm. And they are good, and they are they're incredible. Mm-hmm. And then we've also, unfortunately, had a, had experiences. I'm sure all of us had experiences where we've done things our own way, and we've received the fruit of that. Right, and it's not good. It's painful, and it takes some undoing before we can get back to the right path, if you will. And I don't mean the path of just following the Lord, but I mean the Lord bringing us through all the nonsense and the situation that we just created and as bad as we made it before we can just move forward in the way that he's instructed us to go. So before we get to that path, I'll say this, apply it when applying this to your life. Bring it before the Lord. Trust him. Mm-hmm. If there's something that's out of line, and we seem insistent or we're pushing, bring that before the Lord too. Mm-hmm. Ask him why that's the case. He'll reveal the why, or the core, or the core issue. What's at the core of that action? That uh, that insistent, you know, the mm-hmm. thing that you're insistent mm-hmm. about. But then let's also submit to the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Submit to the Lord. Resist the devil; he will flee. And that comes with being repentant. With humbling ourselves, we can't submit if we're not humble, and we, we can't be repentant if we truly have not humbled ourselves, mm-hmm. and then come back in alignment with what the Lord says. Mm-hmm. So, if there is any area or aspect of our lives that is out of alignment, repent, bring it back in. Mm-hmm. I have one tip for you guys before we close out today. Um, a friend of mine shared something with me that her mother shared with her about desire like wanting something really badly and she said if you're driven by it like you just can't help you just have to have this thing and it's just driving you in a way that's ungodly and um unnatural she said be cautious stop stand back and take that thing right there and lift it up to the holy spirit god what do you say about this what is this but if it's something like, I just got to have this, I don't even know why, I just want to do this so bad. And um, it can even be in just small things. If you notice that you're driven, and have you guys had that feeling on the inside? Like you can't think of anything else but having this thing, and everything you talk about comes back to this thing right here. And you're just like, I must have it, I got to get it, I got to get it. That kind of feeling and emotion and movement behind it, she said, stop. Don't do anything, don't act. Don't try to pursue pursue it any further. Don't go anywhere else. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Give that to the Lord. Like Absolutely. give it over to Him and ask Him, 
tell me the truth about this, Lord. Holy Spirit, help me with this. And whatever he says to you, because he doesn't move us by, like, um, you ever seen the chariots and they're like, and the, you know, the, the buggy and horse, they're driving furiously, that kind of feeling on the inside. Mm-hmm. That's not how he moves us. That's not how the Holy Spirit comes to us. So oftentimes it may seem like, oh, I don't even know. It's just a small thing. It's not that big a deal. But there's a trap on a, a trap being laid and then wait for you. Don't don't do it. Don't act on that. Come back and go, okay, Holy Spirit. And then give let him have that. Because yes, he puts things in our heart, but he couples them with peace. Right? Letting the peace of God rule on the inside of our heart. But this, I just gotta have it, I gotta get it, and then that willingness to start doing anything to get it starts creeping in after you entertain that, that desire that it, that doesn't reflect God. It doesn't smell like his fragrance. That's not him. Don't entertain that. Don't drive any further with it. Stop. And that's a caution if you're being driven to it. You just examine it right there. Stop. Hold it up to the Holy Spirit. Ask him to tell you the truth. And if and when he tells you to put it down and turn away from that kind of that whatever it is if it's buying that pair of shoes or i don't even care or it's something larger and, and greater in significance don't do it if he tells you no then stop come back and go okay lord i submit to you in this right humble yourself let him choose your path and the plane that you walk in and let it go okay yes I've seen, when she told me that, I was like, I know that's the Lord. And I've seen that put into practice and to play mm-hmm. in my own life. Like, no, I'm not going to go that way. I don't care. Why is there all this force and pressure behind me trying to push me in that direction when my God doesn't come to me like that? He's in the still small voice. Right? And the peace of God, the joy, the fruit of the Spirit accompany the things that he's telling us to do. I'm not talking about wrestling your flesh into submission. But I'm talking about that being driven, I gotta have this, I must kind of deal. Okay? Well that did everybody understand that? Yes. Any, Any questions? questions? No. All right, well let's close out in prayer today. Thank you everyone for being with us and you know, being a part of our family in this mm-hmm. morning time that we spend with the Lord. We we thank God for you and we hope that your life is blessed um, by what we're doing here and blessed by what God has for you as well. So Lord, we just bless your name. We thank you most high because you are so faithful. We thank you for helping us and act and put into practice the things in our life that you've shown us today, that you've taught us. And we guard our hearts, Lord God, we keep them because we want them to walk after you and we want them to look like you, Jesus. We forgive, we take the opportunity to forgive anyone that we have ought against, Lord. And we ask you to forgive us if we've walked away from you in any kind of capacity, in any way. Lord, forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Set us back on the path that, that you've designed for us, Lord God. And we just thank you for doing that. And we believe that you are faithful to keep your word at all times and through all situations and circumstances, Lord. Cleanse our conscience from the memory of the things that we've done in the past, Lord, that don't look like you, so that way we can believe you and see you with a fresh heart and new eyes, God. And we thank you for restoring and refreshing the love that you've shed abroad in our heart, Holy Spirit, 
not only for you, Jesus, but for one another as well. And we commit to you, Lord. We thank you for the things that you've placed in your word, that we are able to see them and that we can see them and do them, Lord. We trust you, Jesus. We cast all of our cares on you. And whatever you tell us to do, Lord, that's what we're going to do. Whatever you guide us towards, Holy Spirit, that's what we choose to walk in. That's what we're going to make our ways conform to, Lord. And we just thank you again, Jesus. We bless you. Hallelujah to your name, most high God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.